our panel, I want to talk all about what we're seeing here in the world of Bitcoin. Will Evans is with us, Managing Director of the Americas at CEX.io. And we're also seeing that chatting here with Ben McMillan, founding partner and CIO at IDX Insights. Thank you both for being with us. So what's going on here? Will, I'll start with you. I mean, obviously when we saw it below 40,000 for Bitcoin, this morning I saw all the you know cryptocurrencies on the board and I saw Solana down 6%. The group's under pressure, right? Um, and I don't even know if that's even a way to say it. You can't even say the group's under pressure, right? They're just down. Why? Well, Nicole, thank you for having me back again. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think there's a number of factors uh, in play. <clears throat> I think, you know, one, one, one thing we've seen over the last week, we've seen 130 million in outflow uh, of the crypto market. So, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of outflow. You know, today is U.S. tax day. You know, we saw a little bit of a dip yesterday. I think some people are cashing out, pay their taxes. Um, the uh, pressures of the ongoing war in Ukraine, you know, inflation in March was 8.5%, uh, which is a four decade high. And the risk on, on assets remains high as well. So, you know, I think there's a number of things happening uh, that are just creating uh, quite a few headwinds for us. Right, and Ben, what do you think? I mean, when we look at what's been going on with how crypto has been performing overall. Yeah, I mean, I think the point about tax day too is a good one. It's frankly underappreciated. You know, this whole year has been characterized by just general risk-off sentiment. Bitcoin's no difference. I think notably, you know, Bitcoin, we always tell people, look at the correlation of Bitcoin to tech stocks this year. It's the highest it's ever been. You know, US dollar is back to all-time, or not all-time highs, but it's back to the highs uh, since Q1 2020. That's a massive uh, headwind on Bitcoin. So I think this is just kind of more grinding through the uncertainty. And of course, you know, all eyes are on inflation as mentioned as well as, you know, to what degree that impacts the, you know, Fed policy potentially. Um, and, you know, all those are just acting as a tail or a headwind on Bitcoin at this moment. Yeah, Ben, just explain one more time. When we look at what goes on with the dollar or the bond market or inflation and how Bitcoin may more likely move. Well, I think it's it's back to the point about, you know, Bitcoin trading co closely with tech stocks. And, you know, anytime you have a rising rate environment, obviously a lot of technologies growth is in the future. Therefore, discount, you know, the discount rate is higher. That net present value becomes lower. Um, the same thing is, is happening with Bitcoin. You know, we're seeing that exact same thing happening. And so I think Bitcoin investors in particular are looking at not just, you know, what the you know what the market's pricing in for rate hikes, because a lot of that's been priced in. But I think now it's really looking at. To, you know when when inflation peaks at all um, this year. What's you know do, what's the recession outlook look like for next year? And then does this alter Fed policy at all? Um, particularly as it relates to the taper. I think I think that's something. If you saw you know Fed expectations kind of ratchet back taper a little bit, you could see a bid for risk assets. And I think that's when you might see Bitcoin disproportionately participate. But right now, you know higher rates is bad for you know anything growth, and Bitcoin is trading like a high multiple growth stock. Right, and when you, a high multiple growth stock, you know, and so when it's risk gone, you see some selling. Um, Will, what are your thoughts here? Is it the kind of thing, and I've heard many managers saying this, saying like, I don't want my um, clients to miss out on what's going on in growth stocks, in crypto. And so even with the volatility or even some selling, they still have a, a hand in this group. Would you agree, Will? Yeah, I mean, if we look at what's happening on chain in terms of on-chain analytics, and, and we're, we're looking at the flows, you know, we are seeing some of the more larger-sized wallets uh, pick up on 
this dip that we're seeing. Uh, definitely playing to dips and accumulating at this point. So I think it depends on your strategy. If it's a, a long-term strategy that you're looking to play, um, you look for these dips. Yeah, well explain what market participants do here, you know, to achieve the best execution. You talked a little bit about some of the things they do, such as minimizing the spread. Yeah, actually, you know, as as we as we watch the spread, you know, and as we take a look at markets historically, you know, when the spread becomes tighter, the markets become more efficient. When the spreads widen, the markets are less efficient. Um, obviously, there's opportunity to to capture uh, when those spreads are larger. Uh, probably more for the more sophisticated traders out there. Um, but you know, in, indeed, in 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 volatility such as this there is opportunity for certain strategies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Ben, when you see what's going on as far as regulation, um, we got a little bit of a glimpse of what the plans are of the administration, right? As they started to move forward and be a little more clear on what their plans are in the world of crypto, was that helpful or adds more pressure? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. And you know, more clarity around the regulation was really good because that was, I think, a big area of uncertainty and a big overhang on crypto last year. I think in particular, when you look at the recent executive order, I would point to the pivot in language. You know, it was a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more talking about fostering innovation, talking about the technological opportunity that Bitcoin offers. And so that's a huge sea change from the language that we can, the type of narrative we saw back during the infrastructure bill. So I think that kind of increased clarity is good, focus on stable coins is good. So I think the market net net likes that, you know, but there's always a concern about what you, when you look at what happened in the European Union Parliament vote, you know, effectively kind of banning anonymous or, or self-custodial crypto transactions. There's still the concern that that could, you know, creep over into the states or that there's, you know, a, a little bit of a land grab among these regulatory agencies over-regulating just for the sake of, you know, their own benefits. So net net it's good, but, you know, there's, there's still remains to be seen on the execution phase of it. Yeah, and so ultimately when we think about Bitcoin, um, I, you know, I'd like to hear from both of you on this, but like when you have exposure in different ways, you know, instead of just getting Bitcoin straight up, there's ways to do this. You could have BitO, you could do it through Square, or you could have, you know, some other sort of crypto base. Fine, uh, just quick thoughts here, Will? Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, understanding your question. So different, different Other ways, ways to, to get Bitcoin. Is it a good way to do it? Other ways to get it for crypto? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to look at fees when it comes down to it. You know, I think you know going through a traditional exchange, you know, through a traditional trading platform, you tend to find lower fees typically. Um, instant buy type of situation, sometimes you see higher fees. I think it's a matter of, you know, where where do you find the best fee structure uh, to get that exposure? Right, and quickly, Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're big proponents of taking, you know, kind of risk managed exposures. I mean, we have a mutual fund in the marketplace that seeks to do that for Bitcoin. We've got private placement trusts that do that. You know, we're launching one in the DeFi landscape to do exactly that, to offer something, some alternative to just a pure long only solution. You know, and then as it relates to kind of Bitcoin adjacent type uh, ETFs, like the blockchain ETFs, what I would caveat investors is those are very high beta and there's no small amount of idiosyncratic risk in there. You know, it's not just the the leverage of the the asset or the correlation to Bitcoin. You know, you've also got an operating company there too. So, you know, miners were an area where you know those seem to be a good proxy for Bitcoin, kind of before the the SEC allowed CME futures and Bitcoin 40 Act funds. But you know, mining companies are also you know their own going concerns. And so, there's I would caveat investors to you know really be mindful of that if you if you move away from kind of the, the pure plays. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, and you know, Will, as I think about what's going on with Ukraine, Russia, or any other sort of geopolitical events, um, does that help or hurt investing in crypto? Well, I think if you're if you're looking to to buy on the dips uh, and, and to go long, then it's it's a good thing. I think uh, overall for the industry, it's it's uh, it's more difficult, right? Um, the impact is greater. Yeah. Thank you both very much, Ben McMillan, founding partner and CIO at IDX Insights, and Will Evans, managing director of the Americas at CEX.io. Thank you both very much. Appreciate it.